You need to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. What Pastor Nelson just said, he saw cancer cells running, fleeing. Do you know sometimes you have to practice what you believe? Like you have to do it. So, a few things that I'm believing God for. I'm believing God for everyone here that wants to. Okay, you have to want to. In other words, you've got to participate and be involved in. I believe it's not just Pastor Winona, myself, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Louise, and Pastor Daniel, and Pastor Brenda. I believe everyone here that wants to be involved and be a part of it, I believe... You're going to walk into a room and you're going to speak and the sound of your voice, cancer will hear it and flee. Amen? If you want that, raise your hand. Hallelujah. So what you need to do is you need to start opening up a door and saying, hello. Come on, smile. You have to start practicing the authority that God has given you. You've got to start speaking. I'm also believing that my shadow is going to cause ridiculous miracles. And today's a sunny day. So I might stand outside the door today and if you want, walk in by my shadow. And I'm serious when I say that. I do it when I ride my bike. I haven't been riding as much. But I actually look back and see if something happened when my shadow passes the person. And I wait. They, they think I'm waving. And it's not because I'm so fast. It's just that my hand. I went to the store a few weeks ago up at 100 Mile. And there was a lady and she was not walking well. And I could have gone in front of her. But the sun was over there, and I purposely, and God must, he must have a lot of fun watching David try to see a miracle happen. He must laugh, and he said, look what he's doing. He's exercising his faith. And I, I, I did not want that lady to miss out the potential for a miracle. So I went around her. To get to the door. I must have looked silly, but I don't care. Because when a miracle happens, it's like craziness happens. Have you seen somebody who's had a weight on their shoulders and all of a sudden the chains are broken or the thing has been snipped and all of a sudden they feel like the 500 pound weight is no longer there and I'm actually dancing in air? Has anybody ever seen that? It is priceless. And that's what you have to give. I'm going to preach today, and I got a scripture verse that every one of you is going to email me probably in the next week or the next few weeks. I'll, I'll get to it at the end of my sermon. I won't get to it at the beginning. But if you go to Hebrews 11, I want to share, and I'm, instead of reading the whole passage, I'm just going to start going through this, and I want you to see faith, and I'm hoping you get a bigger picture of what faith looks like 
this morning. It's a territory that I believe every believer should be walking in. So we're going to start with the first one. And I'm going to read it to you, just verse 1 out of the New Living Translation. It says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Hmm. You want to see faith? See a child. They got so much faith, they have confidence that when they come to you with their hand out to get a candy, they're going to actually get it. I mean, they, they tug at you. They, they, they don't kick your shin, but they get your attention. They, they, Daddy, Daddy, Mommy, Mommy, can I, can I? And if you don't answer them first, they'll do it again. And sometimes, I mean, we give them things just to shut them up. Why? Because they want it. Faith. Look at this in the picture of a child. Faith is the confidence that, we, that what we hope for will actually happen. Man, children display faith like I've never seen before. Right, Willem? When you want something, you go to your dad, and you, your dad, he, you smile at him, and you say, Daddy, you're the best. Yeah. It gives us assurance about things we can't see. It's almost two steps here. One thing is, is there's a hope that's going to actually happen, but also there's an assurance that we're going to get what we cannot see. This morning, I want you to look at faith with me in a different way. I, I've got, I just took the verses and I just wrote down a bunch of thoughts about faith. And some of them are really good and some of them are you probably think, well, just work with me. First of all, faith gets you a good report. Faith gets you a good report. Verse 2. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. You want to have a good report? Have faith. In fact, it's amazing because you go to the end of the chapter and it says again, they obtained a good report. He says it twice. Do you want people to give you a good report? Have faith. You want God to give you a good report? Have faith. For by it, the elders received a good report. Verse 2 and in verse 39, if you're taking notes, those are the two verses that, that talk about a good report. Verse 3, through faith we understand the worlds were framed. Do you know we can understand and accept creation through faith? I believe God created the world. I believe He created it out of nothing. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. He spoke it and bang, it happened. Come on. The scientists add a whole pile of other stuff to it, which I don't understand. But I understand and I believe that when He says it, it, was, it says in the Word of God that what we see came from what we cannot see. He started with nothing and he ended up with a beautiful world. Right now is part, probably one of the most beautiful times of the year. You go traveling and you see the colors that God has created. And then they pass and he lets us have it all again next year. Faith brings, verse 4, Abel brought 
a better sacrifice. I found that interesting. It was a better sacrifice. But he did it by faith. Do you know what? You will bring things because of your faith. Your faith will cause you to bring things. Here's a, here's a note. I, I read this in the, in the Message Bible, and I thought this was amazing. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. Your faith will make the difference, but your faith will cause you to bring something, but your faith will affect what you bring. If you've got no faith, you bring no thing. If you've got faith, you will bring something. Think about this, and I'll hit this with you because I believe in finances and blessing and prosperity. I believe that what you bring in giving exemplifies and tells us, and tells us when I say us, all of us in together what we do. It will shows us or shows me what I'm expecting in return. Come on. I believe our giving reflects our believing. What you believe affects what you bring. Hmm. Faith unlocks. Anybody here need something unlocked? It says in Hebrews 11.6, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a... Look at somebody and say, he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. You must believe that he is. And you must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What are you diligently seeking after? I believe you'll be rewarded. Oh, there should have been a few amens there. It's like, I'm going, I'm going after things. I'm going after my shadow. I'm going after it. Amen. I am diligently seeking. I, can you imagine the first time they found out that Peter's shadow caused a miracle? Can you imagine what... Can you imagine what they... Like, like I'm trying to think... What they did when Peter walked by and all of a sudden somebody goes, huh, I feel better. Hey, what happened? I don't know. And they start to figure out, why, why am I feeling better? The next day, it's another sunny day. Peter walks by. Two people get healed. It happens maybe three, four times, and all of a sudden they start doing the math. Well, it was sunny out. Check. Oh, Peter was around. I'll check. Um, yeah, I, I, I noticed it was, hey, why don't we get a few other people and line them up on the road and then ask Peter to walk by when it's sunny out. And not at lunchtime because at lunchtime the shadow is pretty small. Do it at like 6 o'clock at night just before the sun goes down because then it's really big. Can you imagine what they did? The pool of Bethsaida. When, when the Holy Spirit moved and the ministering angels came and they touched the water and people got healed. Can you imagine the first time they saw that happen? I've read reports that they say there was close to 5 
50,000 people around that pool waiting for the moving and stirring of God. And the first person in was the one that God healed. Wow. What are you diligently seeking after? I'm diligently seeking after to kick cancer in the butt. And I believe when that's gone, other diseases are going to go, wow, the kingpin is leaving. We better leave. Come on. I believe Abbotsford, the, the, the cancer agency, I believe it can be dwindled in size. And you say, well, that's not economic. Oh, it's economical. You get people healed of cancer, I tell you the government will like that. I know how much it's costing for Winona. Miracles are economical. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm not even an economist. Diligently seek Him. If you have a setback, what do you do about it? Do you diligently seek God? Or you just say, oh, well, it happened. That's life. I would suggest to you that you look differently at some of the things that set back or some of the disappointments that you have. And instead of just accepting a disappointment as life, and I've had that opportunity a lot lately. Instead of just looking at it as, well, that's life, look at it and say, God, what do you want to do here? What are you doing here? And let that disappointment drive you to be diligent to see the answer instead of drive you to be lazy or to be complacent or to say, well, that's just life. Let the disappointment drive you to see what God's saying. He, he rewards those that diligently seek Him. In Matthew it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and some of these things will be added to you. No. What will be added to you? All these things. God's into things. Okay? He doesn't mind things. And I like things too. My wife likes shiny things. <laughs> Sparkling. Diamonds are a woman's best friend and a husband's downfall. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews 11, 7. By faith. Faith prepares you. Noah built an ark. Sometimes God will tell you to do something and it may look, you know, it never rained before the ark was built. They never told me that in Sunday school and if they did, I didn't remember it. But it never rained. Why would you build a boat on dry land? A huge boat. Not like a 12-footer. Like 120 meters. Like huge. Because faith prepares you. Faith builds. Faith, sometimes I think we, we use the word faith and we think, well, faith, I'm a person of faith. I do nothing. God does everything. Wrong. Okay? 
I'm a person of faith. God does everything, and I do everything. It says, having done all to stand. Stand. It doesn't say having done all to sit. Stay seated. It says, having done all to stand, having done everything you can, you do what God tells you to do. Don't do what you think. Oh, this is a great opinion. This. No, you do what God tells you to do. You do all of that. God always does his part. I don't find the problem with God. So that usually leaves me in the crosshairs under examination. Hence, diligently seek him. But what I want you to see here is faith is active. Faith, we sometimes think, well, faith, it's just like, oh, I'm a person of faith. I'm led by the Spirit. I'm, oh, I don't, I don't work. I don't do this. I'm a person. I'm living by faith. No, you live by faith. You build an ark for a hundred years. Hallelujah. I built a deck for a week and I had enough of it. Pastor Daniel's laughing, but he's crying inside. <laughs> he helped me. By the way, thank you, Pastor Daniel. We, had, we didn't talk much, but we had a lot of fun working. I think he was afraid to say what's next because I kept coming. After a while, he just said, okay, Pastor David. Not Pastor. He calls me David. He said, okay, David, whatever you want. I said, well, that's, I think that's good enough. You think so? Okay, let's fix it. After a while, he stopped asking me. <laughs> Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. <laughs> Have you ever gone somewhere not knowing where you're going? Faith calls you. Faith calls you out. When you're a person of faith, it's going to call you out of something. And it's going to call you into something. It says that God, it, there's a verse, and I know there was a song we used to sing. He didn't bring us out this far to take us back again. But there's this principle in there that God was taking them out so that he could bring them in. Faith, when God calls you to leave something, he's also calling you to direct you somewhere. So we can look at what we're leaving and we can either cry and, and go, oh, I'm leaving this. Or we can say, thank you, God. I'm going from there. God's got something better in store because God is progressive. God does not go backwards. He always goes forward. The Old Testament was great. The New Testament is better. If you read Hebrews, it says it's built on better promises. God doesn't say, oh, you've had it good enough. Now you're my life, your life is going to be miserable. No, he's a God that is, a, it's yes and amen. It's better. It's built on better promises. He's a God that moves you from one thing to the next. He doesn't throw things back. Every time he cuts or prunes a tree, it's so it will bring forth more fruit, not less. So if God's cutting away something in your life, don't say, oh, woe is me. Say, thank you, God. I'm going to grow better. I'm going to go stronger, and I'm going to grow more. Man, oh. Whew. 
Faith calls you. Faith, by faith, he obeyed. Faith listens. He heard a voice. Are you listening? I believe it's in Romans. It says faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Do you know what you hear is what you build your faith on? So therefore, you need the second half of that verse and hearing by the word of God. Whatever you fill between your ears listening and whatever comes in the ear gate, you start listening to and you start believing. That's why I don't listen to a lot of secular music. I gave up country music after the sixth wife left the sixth husband. It's like you start singing it, you start believing it, you start listening to it. After a while, you know what? They have music that actually makes you feel sad. I sit in worship in 10 minutes and I'm in tears because it's so good to sit where God is. Why would I chase something else? Why would I go somewhere else? I want to fill these ears with what he says. He's got 66 books, and they get better and better and better. And I've read the end. He wins. Spoiler alert, devil. <clears throat> Not only did Abraham, oh, I like this part, faith includes. Do you know the faith that Abram had, Abraham had, which also says in verse 11, Sorry, verse 9. It was also Abraham, it was also Jacob and Isaac were also included as the heirs. Do you know the faith that you have is an inclusive faith? Don't live your faith just on an island. That's why I'm telling you, when you walk into a room and you start speaking, cancer will leave. Why? Because the faith that I have is inclusive and it includes all of you. It includes whoever wants to be a part of it. And Abram, and, and what's amazing, it's his, his children and he didn't have his children yet. And God says in Hebrews that it included his kids. What are you doing for your kids? Literally, spiritually. Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda are doing an amazing job with parenthood. They could probably teach it every week for a year and not exhaust their stuff. We were joking around at the cottage. Pastor Brenda calls Pastor Winona and goes over notes. And Pastor Nona, what does she do? She sends her a bunch of more notes. And it's like she's already got 10. You know, you see Pastor Nelson come up and preach a 15-minute sermon with 12 pages? That's the same as Pastor Brenda. We didn't know if Pastor Daniel was going to get a chance to say anything Friday night. <laughs> but it includes... Not only that, but if you read that verse, it says that he sojourned as a stranger in the land of promise. Sometimes you get to taste your promise before you get there. 
Sometimes you get to walk around in the area that God wants you to live in, but you're just walking through it. I believe there's things that Pastor Nelson has paid the price for and walked around in that we as a children and as his descendants are walking in as a promise. And I believe there's things that I will experience, my wife will experience, our generation will experience in faith, but we're going to just see it, we're going to taste of it, but the next generation after us is going to walk in it as a reality, as a full-time expectation, because we walked as strangers in this area. We didn't understand it completely, but we started walking, we started going through the land, we started going through the promise, and by faith we get to see miracles, we get to see this happen and that happen. The next generation comes and they expect it because they've seen it. And they start living in it full time. And what do they do? They plant a seed for the next generation. Abram, his seed went for as far as the eye could see. He said, Abram, lift up your eyes. What do you see? Can you count the stars? And it wasn't just, in fact, his next generation was one. It's like, hallelujah. Give me ten kids and I can do it. But you give me one? Mm. I'm getting up to that last verse. I'm going to have fun at the end here. You're going you're gonna to laugh. I'm, yeah, maybe. I'm, warm, I'm warming you up. You got to laugh when I get to the end. You'll see. Hallelujah. Faith has you walking in the promise before you ever receive it. Hebrews 11.10 For he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker was God. Faith looks. A number of years ago we had the privilege of hosting Pastor George Hill Victory Church who founded it in, in Lethbridge. Amazing, amazing uh, church and, and family and he he was able to come and he visited us and and he walked in our building and and this was when we were in Mount Lehman and he actually came down to our house and as we were having conversations I believe Pastor Daniel asked him a question and he looked at us and he says you've got to see it before you see it now, I don't know if you remember that Daniel you don't oh that that hit me you have to see it before you see it. Faith sees it. I see cancer running. I see my shadow causing havoc. I see your shadow causing havoc. I see people coming in here just to get healed. And then when they get healed, they touch the goodness of God and they go, what is it that is so different? I want it. Because you don't have to be saved to be healed. Okay, I want you saved. But I will share God's goodness with you and I'm going to share what God has done and I'm asking God to touch you and give you a touch of His goodness so that you will actually take it with you. Hmm. Faith conceives. Okay, faith conceives. Well, there's one, one son of mine who's having a child with his wife. Faith conceives. <laughs> Monique, faith conceives. 
faith conceives. Amen? Sarah. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to read that verse, but write down in your... You want to have a good laugh, read that verse in the message translation. Okay? It's like, it's not even G-rated. It's funny. Uh, you'll read it and it's like, no, I can't do that in church. But read it in the message. It's funny. Okay, next point. Faith gives. Abram received the promise. This is in verse, seven, uh, verse 17. And then God said, I want you to give up your son. Faith gives what faith received. Are you prepared to give up what God has given you? Because what happened was the child can become greater or the promise can become greater than the promise giver. The gift can become bigger than the one who gave it. And Abram was prepared, Abraham was prepared to give the gift that God gave him. He was prepared to give it back to God because he figured if God can cause something to come out of nothing, because I was dead, my wife was dead, and this whole thing, we didn't have the ability to have children. He said, so if, if, if God can give me a child out of this situation, he can certainly give me a child when I give it back to him. If God can give you a promise and let you experience that promise when there was nothing that you had the ability to produce it, but you, you just, I'm too old, I'm not smart enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not, I'm not connected enough, I don't have the right tools, I don't have this, I don't have the skill, I don't have the education. You, everything's marked zero, 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 zero against you. And God makes it happen. Don't start worshiping what happened. Keep worshiping Him. Are you prepared to give up what God gave you? There's things that God has blessed myself with. There's things that God has blessed my family with. I'll be honest with you. I've had to give them up. And as I'm reading this, I'm going, I don't want to give it up. There's security there. <laughs> I can sleep at night. And he says, well, don't you think I can do it again? Well, yeah, I do. Help me. Hmm. I hope I'm preaching to somebody today. There's a big mirror at the back, and it's me. Ah. Faith blesses. Verse 20 and 21. Hmm. Faith blesses. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Hmm. He did it by faith. Do you know the words you speak activate faith? My children are going to be strong and mighty. I just said something by faith. I'm projecting it. They are strong and mighty but I see them taking the world and conquering things in this world for the kingdom. Start speaking things concerning your children to come. My spiritual children. Michael, Michael, you are a mighty man of God. 
You have no idea the potential that God has inside of you. You have no idea the next step that God is going to take you in, and you are going to see mighty things done for the kingdom. I'm speaking concerning things to come. Start speaking like that. We speak doubt too much. My goodness, do we ever speak doubt? It's like another language. Learn to speak faith. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. And then the next verse, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. And if you want to see that, you go to Genesis. He did not even expect to see Joseph again. He sees Joseph and then he sees his two kids. He blessed them and worshipped. And then another one, by faith, Joseph... When he died, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. Joseph saw years ahead that they were going to depart. And not only that, this is amazing, but he says, Guys, I don't want to be buried here. I want you to take my bones to the promise. I want you to take me, even my bones that are decaying, I want you to take me to the promise that God has for you. Wow. Faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Man, everything I do is by faith. I cannot do it myself. I've come to that realization many times. And if you can do it by yourself, you don't need God. Can we be frank? If you can do it yourself, you don't need God. And the last time I checked, we need God. So either you need to start looking at things a little bigger. Change your paradigm. Are you receiving this morning? Or should I say this afternoon? And everybody looked at the clock. Um, Faith strategizes. Moses. When he was born, his parents saw that he was a good, fair child. And they made a strategy to save him. And you know what they did? They did that by faith. So what strategies are you doing to enhance the kingdom of God? What way are you looking at things and God is giving you a strategy and he gives you an idea, then you start to implement that idea by faith. Faith chooses. Do you know that faith affects your choices? It says in verse 23, or sorry, 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he grew up with a silver spoon. He grew up with all the luxuries. He grew up with all the treasures, all the conveniences of an Egyptian child, even though he was Hebrew. He grew up in the house of Pharaoh. And by faith, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had re- respect unto the rep- recompense of the reward. Your faith will make choices. 
you will make choices based on the faith that you have. There are choices that Pastor Winona and I made based on our faith. And they weren't always convenient. There were choices of who friends we hung out with. There were choices of places that we would go to. There were choices of, of paths to take. And we decided early on in our marriage. And I would suggest to you we both did this even as single young kids, teenagers. That there were choices we made that we said, no, we're going in this direction. And there's a whole generation that I grew up with that I have this warped relationship with God, if I can say that. It's been hurt. It's been affected, and everything they do is done through this, the lens of hurt and lens of, of how it affected them. Instead of accepting Christ and loving Him and worshiping Him, it's all based on, no, this is what I want to do. And there's been a generation. And Pastor Winona and myself, I know Pastor Daniel. I know my brother Stephen John. We all made decisions at an early age that we weren't going to go in some of those directions. Your faith will cause you to make a choice. What is the choice that you're making? And sometimes your choice means, I'm going to get ridiculed and I'm going to get persecuted. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said... If you follow me, you know what? There's going to be some haters on the road. He didn't say it's going to be a rose garden. Living a life for Christ and living a life of faith does involve a fact that there are people... There were, Jesus did a miracle. Two guys got healed of demons. Do you know what the whole town told them to do? Get lost. Why? Because the whole herd of swine got hurt and damaged and killed. And they looked at their ec economic value instead of looking at the life value of these two people. And they said, you know what? We don't want you here. Leave. The Son of God. If they can do that to Jesus, they may not always appreciate the miracle that you bring. You read the story of Lazarus. One chapter, he's raised from the dead. The next chapter, they're trying to kill him again. It's like, huh? Praise God for faith. Your faith will cause you to make choices. Not silent there, Pastor. Yeah, they're thinking about that one. By faith, verse 31, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she received the spies with peace. You read that story, you find out that they had more faith that God was going to take over Jericho than the Israelites had. <laughs> the enemy has more faith in what God's going to do than sometimes we have. Gideon, he was so freaked out about what God wanted to do. God says, oh, just go spy on it. He goes spy on the land and they say, I, I had a dream last night and I saw this rock rolling and it just came roll over the hill and, and just killed us all. And the, the guy's partner, not Gideon, but Gideon listening in, the guy's partner says to the guy, oh yeah, that's the old Israelites. They're going to come and kill us. 
They had more faith that God was going to do what he said than Gideon, than, than the children of Israel. And Rahab saw this. And what's amazing is he took someone that was destitute, that was considered a harlot, and she's in the lineage of Christ. <laughs> Man, that's, a, that's an interesting one to stick down my Christianity. Like, how does that fit? Christ. She saw by faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you received today? I, I don't know about you, but I can't do it myself. I need faith. I need God. I need Him. I am desperate. For God, I can't tell you how desperate I am. And I don't mean that as weakness. I have found that I can't handle things the way I thought I could handle them. I need Him. I need you, God. I don't know if there's any of you like that, but you actually sit in your car. <laughs> And you scream out, God, I need you. And you just hope your windows are shut. It's by faith. It's not by David. It's not by so-and-so. It's by faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me that I can do what I need to do. And I am victorious. I am a champion. I am going to see victories, but I have found in my lifetime, and I'm almost 50 years old, so I have a little bit of a track record. I have found that I can't do it myself. I need Him. And we have this hall of fame of all these men and women that went before us, and it's by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. It wasn't by what they did. It was by faith in what God said to them. They did it. They listened. They obeyed. They built an ark. They made choices. It's by faith in God that that is successful. Not in what you think. It's in what he did. Who here needs more faith? I'm going to say a prayer for you and then I'm going to close the service. Because I got something funny to close the service with. And I just hit something real emotional, so I need something to lighten the load. If you need it, I can't do it alone. And I would reflect, respectfully submit that neither can you. And I don't know what every one of you is facing. And I've come across things in my career when I worked. I still work, but it's different. I came across situations, contracts that put me up against the wall. I remember pulling off to the side of the road on the highway, calling Winona in tears. Because we were threatened that they were going to take a contract from us because we weren't performing. 
And that moment of desperation that I felt, oh, something I'd never experienced before. I made it through by faith. I came to church this morning and I'm getting ready to walk in the door and the sun had just come over the mountain. I used to be a morning person. Now I'm a bed person. But the sun, and God said, today's a new day. And it was crisp. And it was cool. And the sun was up. I'm here to tell you today, His mercies are new every single morning. Great is His faithfulness. Lord, I just ask that you would touch every person here. God, that we wouldn't do it ourselves. Lord, I give it up to you. I'm tired of making decisions that are real silly, wrong, not very smart decisions. I want to live by faith. I want to make my choices based on my faith. I want to speak by my faith. I want to listen. I want to obey. I want you to call me. I want to speak to the next generation, next generations by faith. Mm. Amen. And help me close with a good joke. Because it's biblical. Verse 32. And what shall I more say? For time would fail me. I could go on. But time would fail me. By faith. Would you have a story... Would you have a story that people are going to ask you to stop because time is running out? Time would fail me, so you're dismissed. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We love you.